It takes a village to raise a child. We all know that, right? But what happens if you can't find your village? Because raising your child is really, really tough. What if you are so filled with shame and doubt and guilt and fear of judgment that you don't share your triumphs and your struggles? You don't talk about it because you don't think anyone can possibly relate. Well, I've been there and it was really hard for me to find my tribe. So I decided to make mine. I went out and found these amazing mothers who are also in the trenches, struggling to raise their kids. Together, we are a community. And in this podcast on the hard days, you'll find motivating stories from other real moms who get it. We're going to accept who we are and how we show up for our children each and every day, even on the hard days. Welcome back, everybody. I am beyond thrilled. I'm so pumped to have Jennifer Dunn here today. She is Kaya's mom, and you may know Jennifer from her Facebook page that she has, from her website, keepingupwithkaya.com. What I love about Jen's voice is that she is not afraid to put it out there in the most vulnerable way. Her hashtag at the end of all of her posts, on we go. It's it's been motivating since the moment I found her years years ago, um, and I'm just so so thrilled to have you on today. So Jen, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. What a gift! What a gift! I would love it if you would take us back to the beginning um, and give us some insight into when Kaya was little and 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 how you knew that something might be amiss. Ah, you know, I always say, so Kai's 11 and she's on the autism spectrum and, you know, I'm not, I'm not this person that, you know, has these deep feelings or feels things or has, you know, all this stuff out in the universe, but I always felt something when I was pregnant, you know, she didn't move a lot. She, I don't know. I just had this sinking feeling kind of from the get-go and then the moment they placed her in my arms. I kind of felt this shift. Like I just, Kaya was a very calm baby. Kaya, I always say she needed nothing from me except to be fed and changed. Um, Her dad, uh, although we don't live together, he's in Newport Beach, California. I live in Vancouver, British Columbia. He has four other grown children from his first marriage. So he knew he has four typical children. And she was about six months old. And he said, Jen, you got to take her to the doctor. There's there's some things she's not, he said, she's not aware of her surroundings at all. And I remember her sitting on a carpet and him walking in circles around her, saying her name, shouting at her from behind. And she was so hyper-focused on Elmo still to this day um, and just didn't care or have any sense of him being around her. And then I started to notice even more things like that. Um, of people coming in and out of the room, she wasn't aware of it. Uh, you know, she didn't respond to her name all that often. She didn't have great eye contact and that would kind of come and go. And then um, there was a pivotal moment in the bathtub where she was in the tub facing forward and it didn't matter how loud I screamed. I was banging on the tire, banging on the bathtub. It's like she just didn't hear me. Um, and I called her pediatrician and it went from there. Mm. Yeah. 
what was that like for you mentally and that moment and that, yeah, that bad I, I, um, so I've always had an in-home nanny for Kaya since, uh, even before I knew she had autism. I'm, um, I have diagnosed severe OCD. So I am, and so germs, people touching her, all of it. So I always had an in-home nanny with her. And as soon as her nanny got there that morning and I got into my car, I called her pediatrician and I just collapsed and I was sobbing and screaming and I know something's wrong. I don't know what it is. And, you know, a lot of times they just tell you, oh, kids are late talkers or, you know, well, she's a girl and she's, you know, whatever. So it was really hard, mm. really hard. Mm. Yeah. And from it there, fundamentally changed me as a person. Well, actually, I'm glad you said that because, and that was just the beginning. Did you feel yeah. changed then or did it take years to feel that different sort of person that you are? Different changes through the years, but that was a fundamental moment. That was the moment that I knew there was absolutely something different about my daughter. Mm. And no, it was autism yet, but I knew there was something. Yeah. Yeah. And what happened from there? Because as the years passed and she was still little. Yeah. Um, I always say we got in before the autism boom, because I do believe it's a booming business now. Um, and so she got diagnosed fairly quickly through a, a center. Um, the Vancouver Children's Hospital has Sunny Hill, which is an division of them. She got diagnosed pretty quickly. It was the psychologist that diagnosed her. Kaya was the last patient before she retired. And being a girl, she was two and a half, almost three actually. And Kaya didn't present like the typical autism. At that time, she didn't rock. She didn't stim. Um, she does all of that. She doesn't really rock, but she's, you know, she's a real happy flapper when she's excited. And um the psychologist said, you know, I'm not sure because she doesn't have the typical markers for autism, but what she did do was repetitively stir um, in a bowl. And that was kind of the only marker for autism she had. Um, but she went ahead and gave her the diagnosis because she just wasn't sure. Let me be clear. There's no question now, but at two and a half and a girl, it was harder to diagnose. So, you know, we started, um, therapy immediately, you know, did all the things that they tell you to do, which um, I have my opinions on that. Um, and then we started our journey down, down the autism lane. <laughs> yeah. I find it fascinating considering all that I've seen of Kaya from what you share that at that age, the only marker that was an indicator was the stirring of the bull. I mean, stirring the bull, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. You know, and they brought in the SLP because I do, I don't know. I don't, where are you from, Megan? So I'm in Connecticut. You're in Connecticut. Okay. So they hear when they do them and I don't know, it's ADOS as well, but it's, you know, you know, when the speech language pathologist came in, Kaya jumped on her lap and was, you know, very social and, um, you know, girls with autism tend to be a little bit more on the social sides, which is masking. And, you know, it's kind of why it's a little bit harder to, to diagnose a girl. And so it really was the only marker at the time that she had. Yeah, it was wild. That is wild. So how long did it take from that moment until you started to really see so many different signs from the mixing of the bowl to now this is autism for sure? I mean, I, I when she went to kindergarten, um, and I think it's really just more so she was beside peers. Kai is my only child. She's all I, I knew and all I know. So for me, her behavior was typical the things that we were doing or the things we weren't doing, you know, it's, she was all I had. Right. 
when you get into school and you see her, and I saw her side by side with her peers, um, Kaya was nonverbal until she was five, not a word, nothing. Um, and so, you know, she really stood out in kindergarten, but that's when things really started to change. You know, it's when her aggression started to come out, um, you know, and I, I could go on about school and kindergarten year and all of the things that went wrong. Mm-hmm. And I have written about it. Um, yeah, that's when it really was mm-hmm. was kindergarten is when things really kicked into high gear. Years ago, I searched for a group of mothers who might understand what I was going through in raising my out-of-the-box kid, and I came up empty-handed. Instead of strengthening my resolve and digging deeper, I gave up and came to the conclusion the group doesn't exist because I'm doing something wrong. Those feelings of shame, guilt, and doubt stayed with me for years, eventually leading me to create the support group community I wished I always had, which then led to instant friendships. These are mothers who don't need you to explain it. They get it. And now, my support group community, Mothers Together, is thriving. We hold small group, personalized virtual meetings weekly and catch up on our struggles and wins over the last week. We leave resources and questions for each other on our off of social media private forum, and we even attend virtual live Q&As with expert therapists, OTs, educators, and more. If you haven't yet found your people who not only understand what you're going through, but also can completely relate, Mothers Together is for you. If you're looking for lifelong friendships in a judgment-free, personalized space for weeks, months, or years to come, Mothers Together is for you. Mothers Together opens its doors on the first of every month, but signups start the week before. Head on over to OnTheHardDays.com slash Mothers Together to get more information, read testimonials, and sign up. Still have questions after you check out the page? Send me an email at OnTheHardDays at gmail.com or DM me on Facebook or Instagram, and I'd be happy to chat with you personally. I don't want you to ever feel the way that I felt, which was alone, anxious, and depressed. Your people do exist. They're looking for you, too, and you'll find them in Mothers Together. Visit OnTheHardDays.com slash Mothers Together for more. Now, back to the episode. Now, I have read your pieces about kindergarten. Um, if you're comfortable giving a brief overview. Sure. Yeah. So in Canada, um, I believe in the U S you call them paras here. We have education assistants. So EAs Kaya had a very unprofessional one in kindergarten that, um, and I mean, I sounds hypocritical for me to say, because I, I do have my daughter all over social media, but that is my choice to make. Um, her education assistant would send me, inappropriate pictures of Kaya. You know, I, I always said if Kaya had an itch, she would scratch it kind of thing. And her kindergarten teacher said, so does every kid in this room. That's, you know, no different. But instead of correcting her behavior and teaching her that's not what you do in public, she would take pictures of it and send it to me. She would have her all over Snapchat. Um, yeah, it's just bizarre. She was, they were physically, um, they were very physical with her. They were, um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to make this blanket statement and I, I don't, I have no proof. There's, there's, there's nothing, but there is definitely some stuff that happened in kindergarten. Her therapists were like there, this is wild. This kid needs to be pulled from this class immediately. It was just so wildly inappropriate. I received a phone call at my office from a hysterical parent one day um, saying, do you know where Kaya is right now? And you know, I kind of panicked. Um, they had put Kaya in the cloakroom. Because they didn't know how to deal with her. So um, Mm -hmm. I, of course, 
<laughs> uh, went to the school. Mm-hmm. It was like a scene out of a movie. I went barreling past the receptionist, flung open the principal's door and had some words. And she said to me, uh, we put flowers in there to make it pleasant. And I said, I don't care if you bleep and put Donald Duck in there. Don't you ever put my daughter in a cloakroom again. So I hired a BCBA to come in, do an assessment. Um, she was there for half a day, came back with an eight-page scathing report and said, this is detrimental to her mental health and she needs to immediately be pulled from the school and not return. And she did. She never went back. There was a defining moment when I had dropped her off and I turned around. I watched them do this to her hands and two adults physically walk her in and Kaya turned around and looked at me. Oh God, to this day, it haunts me. And I called her dad and he said, you go back and get her right now. And I did. And that was it. She never returned to school from there again. Oh my God. Yeah. It was just, it was wild. The stories are wild and it didn't get any better. I pulled her out, took her to another district Uh, grade one. Her education assistant was talking to a set of parents. Kaya wandered off and was found knee deep in a pond and attended. Kaya could not swim. The school lied, covered, bullied parents. Um, I ended up on the six o'clock news. It got uncovered like this investigative report. I mean, it was wild. You cannot make this stuff up. The school system, although it does work for some people, I don't really know how well it works for people because I think if your kids had cameras and you could see what was happening to them throughout the day, a lot of our kids are nonverbal and cannot come home and tell us what happens in their day. And so we rely on these education assistants to care for our children. Um, Yeah. Yeah. We've had a, had a heck of a go. Yeah. Surely in both of these systems, Kaya was not the first child with autism. No, no. And Kaya came, her caregiver picked her up from school. She had mud in her underwear. That's how I found out. I started piecing it together. Nobody told me, teacher included. In fact, the teacher the next day asked me to walk around the track and she scolded me for saying something. And I said, excuse me. And she said, well, none of the other kids ran into the pond. And I said, none of the other kids have autism. Now, in fairness, there was one other little boy in her class that had autism, high-functioning autism, and didn't require an aid. So it's just not the same. No. It's not a one-size-fits-all. It's why my daughter has a one-to-one to to this day at 11 years old. She cannot be left unattended. She will run into oncoming traffic. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think this is a lack of education for educators, or do Mm -hmm. you- I do, but it's also a lack of common sense a lot of times too. Yeah. I think there's anger from the part of, I mean, in these cases, this sounds like teachers and and educators and staff members who are fed up and they're angry with a child for something Uh she cannot control. Mm -hmm. And, and full disclosure, I'm currently an elementary school teacher and I have been for 15 years. And what you're telling me is blowing my mind. Yeah. Now, and I have to admit, I was not educated on, yeah. on, all they don't the get training. a lot of training, even the no. education assistants that go through the, the course, no you know, they get, they get, they get like 30 minutes of autism. I mean, Correct. that's it. Correct. I, you know, um, and I, when I say a glorified babysitter, I'm not taking away from them. They are wonderful people. Oh, no, work I'm very, yeah. very hard. Yeah. Kaya had a fantastic EA the last um, two years. Fantastic. I mean, we couldn't have survived without her. Fantastic. No. But the things you're describing, there's no excuse for whatsoever. No, terrible, terrible, terrible. So, wow. Very disappointing. Yeah. It's so then what? (laughs) So you got these two schools. So then I was like, you know, uh, that mom that the principal just hated. I mean, they just didn't like me even on the grounds, especially with the news and the news cameras. It was, (laughs) 
I didn't really realize it was going to be, they're going to pull out their lighting and, and they had a whole team of crew, the whole crew there. I didn't really realize the extent it was going to be. Um, what after, what after was the principal, um, thank goodness, she actually um, got promoted to a larger school in high school. Um, and she was just very stern. So maybe that was a better se- setting for her to be there. Uh, they got a new principal uh, who was a special education teacher in her previous life. So she just was on the pulse of it. She changed the school. She changed the um, the air in the school. I don't know how to explain it. It was just a, like, it was like going to a brand new school. She's invested in the kids. She understands special education and children with special needs. And so that's what changed and a really good dedicated education assistant and teachers Kaya left out from grade two and up. I mean, just got fantastic teachers. She had her same teacher in grade two that she had in grade four, which was amazing. Yeah. And then grade five, she had a male teacher and he couldn't have been any more spectacular with her. So yeah. And then school just didn't work. And here we are now at a private center. (laughs) Well, thank goodness those years in that way were okay. But, but, you shouldn't need a principal who has a background in special education. Mm-hmm. This just should not be. So that, yeah. I don't know how you, you must've been furious beside yourself. Oh, I was, it, it's hard. It's a, you know, it's a, uh, it's hard to send your kids somewhere and not trust where they're going. So yeah. 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 Now speaking of dropping the ball, I know from following you for a long time that there have been a lot of instances where balls have been dropped and certain therapies are some of them. Are you uh, open to sharing yeah. a little bit about yeah. the therapies you said? So, so when I say this, I want to be clear, I'm not bashing ABA. I know it's done wonderful things for children. It's not a good fit for my daughter. Um, my daughter doesn't have a lot of motivation. So at mot- motivators, unless it's like big ticket items or something she really wants, which is what ABA is. It's reward-based. Um, and when it works, it's great. I did, we did a feeding clinic and it was ABA-based. It was my first introduction back into ABA. So let me back up a little bit. When Kaya was first diagnosed, I put her into the most beautiful center in Vancouver. And that's what you're paying for, this beautiful glass center. Um, I, we were billed for therapies and therapists my daughter never saw. Um, I was getting bills in the tune of $65,000 and up. I mean, it was, yeah, I, you can't make this up. Thank God my dad was a Supreme Court prosecutor oh <laughs> for Crown goodness. Castle. And he took the contract and he shredded it because he said it wasn't worth the paper it was written on. And that is the only reason they backed off was because my dad got involved because oh. I mean, they were just harassing me for all this money. Anyway, it, it's just the typical therapist turnover, um, billing your kid therapies and therapists I never had. So that was my introduction to ABA, which wasn't a good one. And then, you know, I kind of bounced center to center trying to find a good therapist and I just wasn't having any luck. And somehow by the grace of God, we found um, Jackie, which was her speech language pathologist who actually cared about my kid, who it wasn't in it for the money, who truly was in it to help these children. And um, we were there for four years and you know, we walked in there with my kid not saying a word and we walked out with my daughter talking. Um, and I, I credit that solely to Jackie and Kaya. I mean, the bond they formed and then we got lucky. And then through Jackie, we um, 
she found our OT for us, which is now is instrumental in my daughter's care, who has been her and Jackie have been Kaya's biggest champions in the background. They've showed up to every meeting. I'm going to cry. Jackie came to Kaya's school, school orientation with me. I mean, they have just been with me every step of the way. I don't think I could have done it without them. Um, and when school wasn't working anymore and I didn't know what to do. I found this learning center. It is an ABA center, but the learning division is not ABA, um, but they do have BIs in there. And it is a little bit, but it's really not. It's for a place for kids like mine that just couldn't be in a typical school setting. And yesterday, Kai completed a month of school. She has not been in school for a little over three years, two and a half years because of COVID and just not going. So I'm really happy right now. She's... Mm-hmm. <laughs> doing fantastic right now. Yeah. Yes. I saw it's been a long road to get here, a <sighs> long road to get here, but so have you. So let's, <laughs> let's give you some, some credit well, right now <laughs> for what you have had to mentally do in it with your own sense of motherhood, shifting what you thought it would be accepting what it is yeah, talk what about, it isn't. and what it isn't talk about yeah. that. The shift in accepting it. Yeah. Well, all of it, I guess for the moms who are listening, they are in that they're somewhere along that, that place too, where they're like, this isn't what I thought I'm struggling. Am I a bad mom? What am I doing wrong? No. And I still struggle. I still struggle, but you know, the best advice I can, you know, I see these, I see these kids that are in all these therapies and all this stuff. And that's what all the doctors tell you. And and I, you know, I was so caught up in just trying to get her into these therapies, but you know, with all that, you know, I didn't accept it. I was struggling with it. I, I hate autism with every fiber of my being because of how it affects my daughter. So I want to be clear when I say that it is a part of her and I, but I, I hate how it affects her and how it makes her struggle. Um, and just accepting all that. And I still struggle with it, but it, it really wasn't until last year I mean, this is our life. There is no choice but to accept it in order to make it okay for her to keep going forward. So just find a good team. And it's hard. It's hard to find a good team. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be but hard it to is. find a good team. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll know. I mean, you're, you just take the cues of your kid. You'll know. Yeah. You'll what know. do you think about, this is a bit of a hot topic, so I'm just throwing it out there, but it seems like some people fall into the, the category of like the autism is a gift thing. I do not. I yeah. do not. I would change it in a heartbeat. I, you know, Hey, listen, if you're the parent that says you would change it for your kid, that's fine. That's, that's you. If I could take this off of my daughter and let her lead a typical life and not struggle to go outside of our home every single day, absolutely. I would take it, take it from her. Um, is there joy and beauty in it? Yes. Cause it's my daughter. But if I could take the autism away for her, I absolutely would take it away for her. Yes. Mm-hmm. I get that. I feel that. Yeah. Um, There's nothing no. beautiful in your child um, having so much anxiety to the world around her that she struggles to do a simple thing. There's no beauty in that. There's nothing but pain and sadness. The beauty is her overcoming it and being able to do those things, but it's still hard on her. So, yeah. Yeah. And hard on you and hard on you. And there have been things over the years that I've seen that you've shared where the anxiety takes hold of her 
and that's to correct me if I'm wrong, but that seems a lot of the time to be the, yeah. the big yeah. thing. It is. Yeah, it is. How yeah. does anxiety so it kind look of, like in her? It looks like um, I'll always know when she's anxious, she'll chew one hand specifically fingernails on only one hand. Um, I just, I actually just discovered she's been picking the skin on the bottom of her toes are raw. Uh, anxiety on her is vocal stimming. A lot of vocal stimming, um, a lot of pacing, a lot of scripting, a lot of scripting, um, just a ball of nerves, ball of nerves. And there's been aggression, right? There has been profound aggression. Um, but a lot of it was caused by medication. A lot of it was caused by medication. Yeah. We've had a heck of a, so um, if you want me to talk about it, I can. Absolutely. Um, But I want to, again, be very clear to any parent listening. I am not medication shaming. If medication worked for Kaya, we would absolutely be on it. So I want to be very clear when I say that what happened was the medic, the very things that were supposed to be helping her were crushing her. My daughter is very sensitive. It's been now discovered. She literally cannot take medication. And they tried it all, Prozac, Abilify, Risperidone, you name it, Kaya was on the medication. But what was happening was, and it was really to try to help with her anxiety. Um, I feel very fortunate Kaya has an amazing pediatrician. He is a mental health specialist. He specializes in children with autism. He is also a clinical director for um, the University of uh, Vancouver. He teaches on mental health for autism. And we got really lucky getting him because her previous pediatrician fired us because I held her to task for telling my kid to sit down and not touch things. I mean, you just can't make this up. So Goodness. we went down the medication route to try to help her with her anxiety. And what it did was bring out an aggression that I cannot even put into words. Um, there was a defining moment. Kaya smashed a wine glass. She kicked me in the face, grabbed me by my hair and dragged me across my kitchen floor as she was screaming and a scream that only an autism parent can understand. And, you know, every time this would happen, we, uh, one time, one time I actually called 911 for help. Um, that's a whole other story. I remember uh, that story. You know, we ended up in children's hospital. We, I would take her to emergency and, and, and drop to my knees and beg for help. I mean, she would, and all they would do is what would typically help other people is they would increase med or change them And it just kept spiraling. And finally, I got a call from a psychiatrist because her pediatrician put her on all these referrals everywhere he could. And the psychiatrist looked at her file and said, wonder if this kid is losing her mind, literally losing her mind. He said, she's reacting to these medications. She's got to get off them. And this doctor went boldly against neurologists, her pediatrician, and anybody that wanted to keep her on all these medications. And trust me, the, the, the neurologists were fighting, taking her off meds. This guy's like, she's got to come off them. And thankfully in the ranking of it all, he trumped everybody to get her off meds. And he did. He started taking one out and it's a long process. Took a year took a year to take all these meds out of her to get them out. And as each medication came out, she slowly started to lift and I slowly started to see my kid again. And then over time, everything started to just reduce a little bit. The screaming got a little bit less. And now I can say, knock on wood, because I've probably just jinxed myself when I'm going to say this. I couldn't tell you the last time she had an outburst. 
of that magnitude. Um, it just doesn't really happen anymore. I mean, it happens, but not mm-hmm. not anything like that. So the, the very things that were, were helping her, supposed to help her, were actually causing her tremendous, tremendous stress. So their doctors are not always right. They're so quick to give a medication. They're so quick to increase a medication or change a medication. Um, and sometimes those meds can be doing more harm than good. But unfortunately, so many times you have to try those things. Yes, yes. And, you, and, yes. and then you have to be put through trauma, actual yeah, trauma. Yeah, trauma. Yeah. That you, I'm sure, a piece of you will always, you know, you won't be able to recover from a moment like that. Yeah, it was, you know, awful. But, you know, I always thought about her. I mean, what, what is happening to her? She would, she would sit down on the ground, scoot herself backwards and scream. And, and, and she was actually scooting so fast, running her, I couldn't catch her. I mean, imagine the speed and screaming, screaming. Her little mind, she was going crazy. Like the neurologist said, or the, the psychiatrist said, it it was almost like it was making her go crazy. Her body and mind were fighting. He said, every time a pill would sort of come out, she'd get her next dose and then it would just ramp her back up and then she'd come down. So, you know, again, I want to be clear, no judgment, but if your kid is so medicated and sedated that they can't even form a sentence, they're sleeping all day, they're groggy. That's just not an, a good existence to have. So thankfully, um, she is medication-free outside of her seizure meds, which those meds, by the way, brought on epilepsy. Um, and it, yeah, they brought on epilepsy. So now she does have to take um, an, an epilepsy, a seizure med, mm-hmm. which also happens to be a mood, mood stabilizer, which happens to not bother her. So right now, that's all mm-hmm. she's on. Do you think, do you feel that your mental health is directly related to hers in terms of when she's doing better, you're doing better sort of thing? Yes and no. I just went through a really weird funk myself. I almost find when we kind of slow down and we're good, then it catches up to me because I'm in survival mode when things are bad and hard. Um, and I kind of just got in this funk the last couple of weeks. <laughs> Because things were, they were good. And I was just waiting for a fall. You yes. know? You're waiting for the, the other shoe to drop. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you show up for yourself? How do you hold space for yourself in all of this? I just, you know, I, I, I always laugh because it's like, you know, you always hear about self-care and all this stuff and it's, there's so not a lot of time, mm-hmm. not a lot of time for that. I think that's very easy for someone to say with a neurotypical child that, um, has a luxury of doing that. Um, you know what? I just, I work full time. That is an outlet for me. I know that sounds strange, but it is an outlet for me. Um, and really just the last nine or 10 months, I've started taking care of myself. So, and it does make a big difference. And what does that big look difference. like? What does that look like for you? Uh, I just finally decided to lose a bunch of weight and get healthy. Mm-hmm. So I just did that. I just started eating better and taking care of myself. Do you find as Kaya gets older that I hate to use the word easier in quotes, but like, is it a little easier or is it? Yeah. Yes, it is. It does get easier. It does. I have to say ballet, the Mm. videos are stunning and her fingers, like her her whole body is 
so in tune to it. She loves it so much. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We're going today. Actually. She's really excited. This was a recent discovery within the last year or so. Yeah, She's done it before. She took it a couple of years ago, Um, but not to the, I mean, Oh, she just loves it. Yeah. She just gets there, gets in the dance studio and just, it's like everything lifts off her. And she's just floating around and she's so happy to be there. She loves her instructor. Yeah. It's been a great outlet for her. Mm. Yeah. And the, I also noticed years ago that she's a naturally gifted singer. Her voice she's, is yeah, she's, gorgeous. She gets that from her dad, not from me. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. She can sing. Yeah. She really can. Yeah. So for the moms who are listening, as we sort of wrap this up, what, what could you tell them? They are drowning, to be honest with you. Many of them are drowning and they don't know how to find their way out. They feel trapped. They feel like they are bad parents, um, low confidence. And, and it's just such a struggle raising these out of the box kids. And what would you say? Hang on, hang on. It does get easier. Um, it does get better. Everything ebbs and flows. Um, there's really no profound advice I can give because when you're in the thick of the trenches, it's, (laughs) you know, you just have to hang on. I promise it gets better. I promise. Mm. Um, Yeah. I, uh, you know, for, for that reason, I have um, on my Facebook page, I am uh, fortunate enough that Facebook has offered me a supporter page. So I do have a supporter group for moms. Um, I'm trying to build that community I, you know, I want it to be a safe place for people to come um, talk about things that maybe they're not comfortable talking about. I talk about a lot of stuff on that with Kaya that I don't talk on the main page. So um, yeah. And and as, as cheesy as it sounds, find your tribe. I know that sounds so cheesy, but it's so true. I found mine um, in a different supporter group and I podcast with those ladies now and I don't think this last year would have been bearable without them because when you, and it, and it, it doesn't have to be a special needs mom, but they understand it to a level that other people just can't correct, you know? So yeah, yeah. find people that understand. And you don't have to explain, you don't have to go into, well, this is how my child works. Like we already, we know, we know. Yeah. Yeah. You understand the no sleep. You understand the screaming, the aggression, understand autism. It's just easier to relate to another autism parent. Mm, So good. And so true. So where can people find you if they don't already know who you are and where you are? Um, You can find me on Facebook at keeping up with Kaya. Uh, You can, we, our website's keepingupwithkaya.com. Instagram is keeping up with keeping up with underscore Kaya because somebody had already taken that. Oh, come on. <laughs> I know. Um, and I podcast at table for five, no reservations with four other special needs moms. Oh. Um, yeah. And we talk about it all. That is so cool. Jen, yeah. thank you. Thank you so much. Thank for you so time. much for having me. This We're has so, been great. So thank kind. you, Megan. Thank you. Thanks for listening today. If you would like to talk with me personally, where we can chat and just get to know each other like old friends, I would love to do a discovery call with you. Go to my website, ontheharddays.com, and click on Schedule a Call. And if you're not already subscribed to this podcast, please do so so that you get the latest when they roll out. Not to mention... 
please leave a review if you feel like this episode spoke to you. That way, the podcast will be shown to more mothers. And finally, you can find me on Instagram at on the hard days with dots in between each word or in my free Facebook community, On the Hard Days Podcast and Community. If you are feeling isolated in your parenting journey, I encourage you to reach out through any of these means so that I can connect you with your people and support you in whatever way you need.